Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Where will the Nets be by the time James Harden comes back? Why did the Angels decide now was the time to move on from Albert Pujols? Plus, how should NFL teams handle vaccinations with players? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. 45 points from Kyrie Irving was not enough to stop the Brooklyn Nets from falling in their fourth straight game, 113-109 to the Dallas Mavericks on Thursday night. Joining me now from Locked on Nets, Adam Armbrecht. And Adam, this is a team where we just keep hearing, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, they'll get all their guys healthy. James Harden's return is imminent now, but they have not looked great the last week or so the defense is still a problem at times are you still very much it'll be fine it'll be fine hey, it'll be fine peter <laughs> uh yeah i mean listen i i do i get it you know i mean this is the nature of being being a fan of a team or covering a team you you know if you're a fan right now you're going to overreact that part of it i get i don't think it's the right reaction but i get it if you're like Doug and myself and you're covering the team it's been far too long of a season with far too big of a sample size of success around this squad to all of a sudden start to push the panic button this close to the playoffs, even if it isn't exactly the way we drew it up heading in. Are you just looking at it from the standpoint of, hey, look, um, they played the Bucks twice. The Bucks are really good. The, the Blazers are, you know, a, a playoff team. The Mavericks are a playoff team. Uh, and and next up, by the way, it's the Nuggets and and the potential MVP that. Look, this is this is just not the team we're going to see in the playoffs because it's the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you mentioned at the top, <laughs> Harden's on his way back. I, I, I hate to do it. You know, I, I, I hate to be intentionally just kind of aloof about the whole nature of what to be concerned about. Listen, you want to take the the Portland game out of the mix because that was a blowout, but the other three, it's a combined thirteen points. Uh, you know, and the Bucks are a good team. It's not like you're playing scrubs. You're playing teams that are either going to be in the playoffs and you're going to see them in the Eastern Conference Finals potentially. You're playing a team in Dallas that's obviously incredibly talented. You got a guy like Luca. They're trying to do what they can in the Western Conference. I, these games matter a lot for a lot of different teams. And I, the one thing I will say is the Nets potentially tumbling from the two seed down to the three seed. If you want to talk about route in the playoffs to an Eastern Conference Finals or to the NBA Finals, they are potentially going to make it that much more difficult on themselves. They could set themselves up to have to go through a Miami and then a Milwaukee and then a Philadelphia and then maybe ultimately the Lakers if we still think that that's going to be the case. And that's a lot of bigs. That's a lot of, of players with a lot of size and a lot of length that is going to be hard to get through. So it could be taxing potentially on this trio of superstars that we, again, have only seen seven games of over the course of the season. That being said, this was all predicated on the idea that these three players collectively are better than most of what any other team is going to be able to put out on the court over a seven-game series. And then even some of the role players, you can go into that and, and talk about some of these guys coming off of injuries. We've been using Mike James here down the stretch. If you think that that guy is playing significant minutes in playoff basketball, <laughs> you are out of your mind. So that that's where I, I, can, I cannot put too much stock in what I've seen over the last week and a half. And you're listen, 
The first time I'll push the panic button is if the Brooklyn Nets are in the first round of the playoffs and they're somehow down in the series. And if that's the case, I don't know. I'll shave my head, something. I'll allow Peter Bukowski to dictate what I need to do as punishment because it's just not going to happen. Responsibility I didn't even ask for, but but that I am now taking very seriously. So I am, I am now thinking <laughs> up ways to punish you if they are down in a first round series. Adam, thanks, man. You got it. Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, why did the Angels pick now to move on from Albert Pujols? That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. In the battle for L.A. Thursday night, LeBron didn't play and Anthony Davis left the game with back spasms and didn't return. So it wasn't much of a battle for the Clippers. What's going on, Clips fans? Chuck Mockler here coming at you after yet another L.A. Clippers win over Los Angeles Lakers this season. We sweep the season series. Only one of the games was full strength this year, alas. But hey, we got to get the wins where we can take them. Clippers win 118 to 94. It was great to see. Paul George had 24 points. Seven Clippers players got to double digits. There's some interesting questions with how Kawhi is ramping up. He took under 10 field goal attempts, which is kind of interesting given how the team is set up. But DeMarcus Cousins was having a fantastic game against Montrez Harrell. Pretty much everyone on the Clippers was. Surprising that he can't guard large players, but as Clippers fans, we were all well aware. The Clippers look pretty good heading into their matchup against the Knicks. Let's hope they can keep this momentum going. And yeah, things are pretty good right now. The Raptors are all but eliminated after a very strange overtime loss to the Wizards. Hey, Sean Buckley here from Locked On Raptors to break down the Raptors 131-129 loss to the Washington Wizards in one of the dumbest basketball games I've ever watched. It was stupid, it was beautiful, the coaching was strange, the decision making on the floor was bizarre. Ultimately, the Raptors fall by two in overtime and just about finished their very thin hopes at making it into the playing game. The Indiana Pacers won tonight. The Wizards obviously win this game as well. The Raptors now have far too many games to make up and only five games left to go in their season. So some questions have now been kind of answered. The Raptors now can, you know, take these next five games, work on development, see their young guys, get them some run, get some rest for the guys who have been playing a ton of minutes here recently. It sucks. I'm glad that the Raptors are not going to continue on past the last five games, frankly. I hope everyone gets home and gets a nap because Tampa Bay has uh, really taken a toll on this team and uh, it will no longer continue beyond five more games here in the regular season. The Pacers have been on a wild ride over the last 24 hours, but Thursday night they inch closer to locking in a spot in the play-in games. Here's Locked On Pacers host, Tony East. Pacers get a much-needed win for this team, 133-126 over the Atlanta Hawks at home. Trey Young was great for the Hawks, so was Bogdan Bogdanovich, but it didn't matter because the Pacers have DeMontis Sabonis and Karis LeVert. Sabonis, 30 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists. He was wonderful. Karis LeVert had 31 points and 12 assists. He had some incredibly clutch buckets down the stretch. TJ McConnell contributed some usual TJ McConnell-esque steals and 19 points to get the Pacers a big win and their push for the play-in. They're only one or two wins away from basically clinching it. It was a big win for this team, and given all the stuff going on off the court for this team, it was nice to see them come together and play as a unit and get a win over a good opponent. 
Texas linebacker Jake Ellinger, the 20-year-old younger brother of former Longhorns quarterback Sam Ellinger, was found dead on Thursday, according to police in Austin, Texas. No cause of death was released, and police said the death was not considered suspicious. Only five days ago, Jake was celebrating with Sam, their sister Morgan, and their mother Jenna after Sam was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts in the sixth round. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for today on betonline.ag. With the NFL schedule released next Wednesday, you can already bet on team totals for the 2021 season. The Arizona Cardinals over-under on betonline.ag is 8.5 wins last season. They finished with an 8-8 record. Last season, the Cincinnati Bengals lost Joe Burrow to season-ending injury. This season, with Burrow on the mend, the over-under from betonline.ag is 6.5. The Green Bay Packers, you've heard they've been in the news lately, won 13 games last season. But with the uncertainty around Aaron Rodgers' future with the team, the betonline.ag line is over under nine games. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. Albert Pujols will no longer be an angel in the outfield, though, of course, he was only ever in the infield. The Angels say they are moving on from the longtime slugger who is in the last year of a 10-year, $240 million deal. Joining me now from Locked on Angels, Brent McGuire. And Brent, this was a player who said already that he was moving on from baseball after the season. He was retiring. So why make this move now? This is a great question, one that a lot of people are asking. I think the short summary is they just have better options right now. Jared Walsh is an everyday first baseman who has been one of the best hitters in baseball since he came up last season. At DH, you've got Shohei Otani, and there were question marks about how often he could do both hitting and pitching coming into the season. It turns out that he has played every single game for the Angels so far. So as a result, there is no playing time for Albert Pools. I think that is the short and concise summary of the situation and why the Angels decided that now was the time to move on. Reports are he still wants to play. So what is next for Albert Pujols? This is a good question. I do want to touch quickly just on the situation. It's I think it's fair for Albert Pujols to want to continue to play. And on the flip side, I think it's totally fine for the Angels to say, look, we have better options. So we're going to move forward with a different group of players. In terms of what Pujols can do now, I am fascinated to see what happens because I don't envision this guy finishing off his career playing some miscellaneous games for a last place Pittsburgh Pirates or Colorado Rockies team or something like that. I am curious to see if there's a contending team out there that is looking for a hitter. And maybe that's the Chicago White Sox with the Tony LaRussa connection. I'm not sure what's going to happen yet. I'm definitely fascinated to see where he goes if he does end up signing with another team. When we found out that Pujols was going to retire after his contract was up at the end of this season, we had the Locked On Cardinals host, and we talked about Albert Pujols' place in baseball history. His relationship with the Cardinals is uncomplicated. It seems as if his relationship to Angels fans is decidedly more complicated. So at the end of this 10-year, $240 million deal, what is his legacy as an Angel? 
Yeah, I mean, you just summed it up quite well. It's a complicated relationship. If you talk to a Cardinals fan, they love the guy. If you talk to a baseball fan at large, they're going to say he's one of the best hitters to ever play. If you talk to an Angels fan, you're going to get a ton of mixed reactions. And I think that is totally understandable. You might talk to a fan who says, hey, he hit all of these home runs with the Angels. He finished in the top 10 in home runs, in hits, and runs batted in. On the flip side, you might be a fan saying, hey, this guy was expected to come in and change the outcome for the Angels. He was going to be that superstar that took them to the next level. He never once approached that previous level. Maybe it was an unfair expectation to put on him. At the same time, he was signed to this very big deal, was expected to do big things, and never quite reached that point. So it is a complicated legacy with Albert Pujols and one that is going to live on for a very long time. How should NFL teams handle vaccinations with their players? Our Q of the Day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bar is always cycling in new flavors, all covered in 100% chocolate. They've got nine base flavors, and then they're always throwing it in these limited time flavors. So when you see that new one hit, you have to make sure that you jump on. When that coconut brownie hits, when the cookies and cream hits, you got to go get it or it will be Gone. These things are the absolute goods, low calorie, low sugar, high fiber, high protein, and yet they taste like a legit for real candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. The NFL made it through a pandemic season in 2020. In 2021, we are hopefully coming out of this a little bit as the vaccine starts to take hold and we see numbers falling in a lot of places, but it could create some new issues that the league will have to deal with. Bill's GM, Brandon Bean, said that the team could consider cutting players who were not interested in getting the vaccine because of the incentives the NFL has created. Joining me now from Locked On NFL and Locked On Saints to discuss this issue, Ross Jackson. And Ross, how does the league balance incentivizing its players and its coaches and its staff to get this vaccine, to keep everyone safe, and also maintain some sort of fair state of play with things like cuts? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, I think this is a really... Uh, fine line that has to be walked by the NFL. There's absolutely no doubt about that. How do you incentivize players and personnel without creating threats or let's say consequences around not being vaccinated, which is still a right of, of choice. I mean, you still get the opportunity to choose if you want to do that. And if you want to, it, you could say that it's maybe not smart not to. I've certainly am vaccinated myself, but it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody feels the exact same way. So if you find a way to incentivize players and personnel to get vaccinated so that they can play a full now 17 game season plus playoffs and then have their opportunity to compete for a Super Bowl, then that's great. But you certainly can't run around and not treat human beings like human beings and talk about them as if they are just simply nothing more than chess pieces for your organization's success. And that's a little bit about what this comment by Brandon Bean sounds like to me. The other thing is, it's just kind of dumb. And here's why. <laughs> No, but seriously, if Josh yeah. Allen went to Brandon Bean and said, 
sorry, I'm not doing it. They're not cutting Josh Allen. Right. If Stephon Diggs or Cole Beasley mm-hmm. did this, they're not cutting him. But if you're man 52, mm-hmm. man 53 on the roster. And so that's where I think you start to run into some real inequality problems in the league because it will not be the same for everyone. It will be very much case by case. And I think that's when the NFLPA especially has got to go, wait, wait, wait. We can't be in this position because then we have created some serious, serious inequality above and beyond what already exists. Yeah, absolutely. And you could look at that beyond just the players too, right? What if there's a head coach that doesn't want to get vaccinated? What if Andy Reid says, not doing it? Right. Yeah. What are you going to do? Are you going to say, okay, well, then you're not coaching this season? No, certainly not. You know, if your director or pro personnel is somebody that ends up saying, hey, I'm not into into the idea of getting vaccinated, are you going to treat the executives the same way that you're treating the players? Or are you going to continue to walk this line that the league has already set to where there's preferential treatment when it comes to the executive? Whereas the the you know, player population is really based on the you know Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately model. So it really comes down to all of these different discrepancies that can fall in place that actually don't have anything to do with your moral stance as a GM or 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 an owner, and instead come down to the money making machine that is your organization. And finally, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp signed a bill into law Thursday that will allow NCAA athletes to profit off their name, image, and likeness. The law will go into effect on July 1. Florida, Alabama, and Mississippi have already passed similar laws that will start the same day. The problem that many have pointed out with this law is it could allow schools to take up to 75% of that money and distribute it to other players. That makes this a name and likeness law in name only. Technically, players are able to profit off their name and likeness, but only to a point. And in this case, at 25%, a very small point. To me, there are far better solutions to solve this problem. However, I will say, if schools like the University of Georgia really will take that money and distribute it to other athletes, at the very least, it's not the school only profiting off the name and likeness of these players. That money will go to other student athletes. It's not the best solution, but for now, it's a start. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Monday, the NBA season is coming down to the wire. Who will put themselves in better position over the weekend? We'll have all of that and a lot more. So at least until tomorrow. Stay locked on today.